In this episode, Gohaku expresses her true feelings towards Senku, and Senku meets Chrome the Sorcerer in a battle of magic. Well, sort of. All this and more in this Dr. Stone R&R. Stay tuned. Hello Nation, this is Richard Keyes from Animanga Nation, One Nation Under Anime, and today we're doing the R&R for Dr. Stone Episode 7, where two million years have gone. There has been a lot of things that have happened in this particular episode, so without being said, let's just get started, let's get into what has happened to Kohaku and Senku in the last couple of hours after Senku had saved Kohaku from her unfortunate fate. Now, the episode begins with Kohaku admitting admits that she likes Senku as a person, but he rejects the idea of ever getting into a relationship, saying that it's illogical. That night, Kohaku wrestles with her knives as a way of protecting herself, but it makes Senku uncomfortable as he asks her to go to sleep. The girl asks about Senku's fighting fight against Tatsuka, and says he won't back down from him either. Senku reveals he wants to build the Kingdom of Science to defeat him, and Kohaku invites him back to her village to gather allies. Now, this particular scene in the beginning was very interesting because, you know, Senku was always looking for other people to team up with, but unfortunately we find out that Kohaku has all the resources he needs so in other words she's an asset you know she's a fierce warrior she's beautiful and by far she has the people that he needs in order to become uh, or should i say create the world that he needs in order to defeat uh tatsuka and this is very very lucky for senku to run into her and Keep in mind, this could have gone all wrong. She could have saw, uh, she could have saw something that made Sinku look bad. Um, but in the end, I'm glad that the truth came out. And I do believe they do make a good pair, Sinku and Kohaku. I think she's more of like, she's more of of the 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 brawn, but in a way, she's more of a of a, of a warrior. She can protect Sinku and be there for him. Um, I don't know if they're going to allow these two to actually be a couple, but I do believe that Senku uh, should be with Kohaku, if not someone who is also another scientist. I think I've said this like a billion times. But so far, I was really excited to see what these villagers have to offer, so let's, let's find out. Kohaku collects water from the hot spring for a bath back in her village. The bath is for her sister, who has been sick recently. Moving the water this way helps train Kohaku's body. Even so, she stumbles with a large jar and Senku helps her keep her balance. He asks her to hand it over, but she completely incapable. Uh, but he's completely incapable of lifting it. Again, he is the brains, not the bronze. He has to understand that. It's very chivalrous of him to try to offer to help a lady, but again. I know this is kind of the moment where she, you know, Kohaku's basically saying, I don't need no man to help me, but at the same token, you know, she understands, hey, look, I only have one body, and this is a pretty hard task. So, you know, 
I, I do kind of like the, you know, kind of the, the slight independence that Kohaku was showing. But also, she realized, okay, I can't really do this. This is not going to help anything. Now, moving, moving right along. Senku builds a makeshift cart to roll down the mountain using the pulley system from the previous day. They reach a cliff that overlooks Kohaku's modest yet beautiful village that has more people than ever than even Senku expected. Then, he, then they reach the entrance only to be confronted by two guards, Kinro and Ginro. They refuse to let Senku in because he's outside, but they are afraid when Kohaku threatens them with violence. Now, you know, I'm glad that they have, like, an established security system because, you know, Senku, you know, again, and, you know, you got this random guy with Kohaku, but I think that Kohaku, in a way, if you look at this village, she's the leader. She's, she is the queen of this village because everybody's scared of her. And that's what... I, I, I truly think that, uh, secretly, Kohaku's going to be the leader of this village. I think right now she doesn't mind, you know, maybe Senku coming in and, you know, bossing people around. But I think overall, she's kind of the enforcer. She's kind of the person that makes sure that people are following the rules and there aren't being, you know, dum-dums in a way. <laughs> you know, just like, Kuri, uh, like Kinro and Jinro were trying to be... To, uh, to Senku. They obviously did not pay attention to the fact that um, Kohaku was right there with him. I mean, why would Kohaku walk with a random stranger unless she wants him to join? Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, I have to kind of take some time to get used to these new characters. I don't have any opinion on, opinions on them just yet. But um, we'll see as the episodes go along Has her, um, these other characters and um, all and her the whole entire village and even her sister as well so moving right along Senku breaks up the skirmish by mixing his soap with some of the water they collected creating soap bubbles laughably ignorant to the idea of bubbles both boys are astonished by Senku's sorcery dear god and Sen Senku believes that he'll get all 40 members of the village on his side using science alone. Two cards called their ally, Chrome, a self-proclaimed genius sorcerer, and man, the man Kohaku mentioned to Senku before. Chrome challenges Senku to a battle of sorcery, and they head to his remote shed. He creates a fire and changes its colors with his sorcery called Rainbow Bridge. However, Senku sees right through his trick and says he threw salt, copper, and sulfate in that in order to use in order to using blue crystals from the cave next chrome brings out a ball of sulfur he uses to create a static charge senku uses his leather flag to make a much more make much stronger and zaps chrome with it now this battle i i, I didn't see that um i didn't see that um senku losing this one I think that when I met Saul Chrome, I think he was a bit cocky. He didn't know who he was dealing with. This is a man who is very intelligent, even probably smarter than him. And you can tell that Chrome may was a genius, but he kind of was lucky in a way. Um, there, his cockiness and his bravado kind of gets in the best of him. 
and he 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 his Vegeta was showing. If those of you who are, who watch Dragon Ball know what I'm talking about, um, and I hated this. I, I really wanted to try to maybe get to know these um, other two characters, um, Kenro and Jinro. But Kenro and Jinro are idiots. I'm sorry to say. So far, my impression is it, they're idiots. I now again I need to see further into the anime to see if they, you know, have somewhat intelligence. Are they, like, uh, taiju where they're all brawn and no brain? But the fact that they thought that bubbles were sorcery worried me <laughs> very much. And these are supposed to be the guys who are supposed to be protecting the village. Oh, boy. <laughs> I am so glad Zinku's there because had... Toxica had shown up, he would have ripped them apart. Now they have somewhat of a fighting chance. So, Sinku is, in, is impressed by Chrome's intellect, despite clearly being inferior to his own. He asks Chrome about the collection in his shed, and the latter explains he's been trying to create sorcery with his collection since he was a kid. This reaffirms Sinku's belief that even if the world or Toxica reset science, that there will always be someone out there willing to try anything. And that's reassuring, because even if Tatsuka tries his best to destroy it, you know, like, like you said, you know, like, the, like, my, like I said in my notes, he, there's always going to be somebody who's going to be there to, to try to push the norm. And I think that also is kind of what you can look at in, in the real world. You know, a lot of people like to take, keep things in the status quo. They like, they like the system as it is. And when someone tries to push buttons or someone tries to change things... They don't really like that too much. And Tatsuka is a representation of the system. He's a representation of the status quo. He wants to keep things in a certain way. He doesn't want change to happen. And Sinku is kind of that rebellious teenager who's throw, spraying, uh, spraying the uh, restaurant walls with his, uh, with his graffiti art. You know, he's telling Tatsuka that he doesn't care, that he's going to continue to rebel, and he's going to continue to change the world and make the world a better place, regardless of whether he thinks his so-called ideological mission is just, which it isn't. Um, so I think that Chrome here is going to learn a lot from Senku. I think that those two are going to become very close, and they're going to really push forward in this new um, in this new mission. Uh, then, then again, I could be wrong. Let's see if I am. Chrome challenges Sinku to one last in the Battle of Numbers, where he bets everything and loses. Sinku and Chrome both geek out over his collection of rocks, while Kohaku heads back to the village. Sinku breaks apart some of the Chrome, some of Chrome's cinnabar and heats it up to create mercury. He melts some gold dust into it and dips Kinrose uh, dips Kinrose in it to make shiny gold to make a shiny gold spear. Jesus, I need to like write words. At first, at first glance, it doesn't appear that that Kinro is impressed. After as he refuses to allow Sinku into the village, Kinro strolls off and admires his spear, showing Sinku and Chrome he just. He just needs another push. Now, this was cool. I mean, he took uh, Kinro's uh, spear and he um, made a golden spear. Now, being that that 
that golden spear is going to be a bit more heavier and, and you know that will actually help uh, Kinro be much more um, stronger being that the fact he's going to have to kind of train with this new material and he's going to have to see you know the bend and the elasticity with gold which isn't much I mean gold's pretty solid so you know it, it's a brand new type of learning experience for uh, for for Kinro um, and this shows the the brilliance of what Senku can do. But I don't think Kenro trusts him yet because, again, he doesn't know... He doesn't know him. So he he refuses to allow Senku into the village and basically just says, okay, thanks for the free stuff, but you're not allowed in the village. And I, I, I think that, you know, this, this is going to be a couple episodes where Senku's going to have to fight to get into this village or earn the trust of the people and it's going to come at the point of where he's going to do something heroic and he's going to earn that trust very quickly but we have a lot more to cover so let's continue Senku checks out Chrome's collection of plants and notices that notices they're mostly used for medical purposes Chrome says he begins studying sorcery so that he could heal Kohaku's older sister Rory meanwhile Kohaku brings the water to Rory, the priestess of the village, and they speak in private, and Rory is concerned about her sister's safety. Back in Chrome's shed, Senku shares everything about about the world 3,700 3, years ago. He tells them about technology, the different inventions, and even potential of the world's technology advancements before the world collapsed. Chrome is saddened by all the revelations that the civilization that the civilization humanity spent millions of years building up was destroyed instantly by the petrification. However, Senku refuses to back down and claims humanity isn't finished yet. Two million years of history lived in both of them, and they can bring it back to fruition. Chrome agrees to build the Kingdom of Science and asks Senku if there's any way to defeat Ruri's illness. Senku believes that they can create the ultimate medicine of science, the antibiotic. Oh boy. Now, the antibiotic, you actually have antibiotics in your body. Um, they're called antibiotic cells. Um, these are fight off viruses and many strong, deadly s diseases. Um, they, they stop the growth of, of um, they stop the growth of many, many diseases. So I'm going to look more into the antibiotic and share something, um, some more information with you next time when this, uh, when the new episode comes and when they make it, I'll have some more information for you guys so that you guys can know in the real world how that works. Um, but overall, I believe this is just step one for Sinku. I, I like the fact that they're not letting him into the village just yet, you know, and that's fine. That's, that's what they should do. That shows that they're not as gullible as we thought they were. I mean, the bubble scene kind of worried me with uh, Kenru, but uh, Kenro, I mean, he showed, okay, you gave me a golden sphere, but you still gotta stay out there because I don't trust you yet. But thanks for the golden sphere, though. Yeah. But I, oh, but I do believe that Senku um, will be successful, and I do, like I said, he probably will be successful. It'll be a struggle. But I do believe in this episode he will make it, make that antibiotic and he will cure his uh, Kuhaku sister. And this was a great display of um, Senku's superiority to other people or other geniuses. 
it showed that you know Chrome has a lot to learn and that I think Chrome may have wanted to be a magician at one point but you know the petrification probably stopped that and you can see that Chrome and many of the others are not very well educated they don't know a lot of things so being Senku is kind of like that old sage that has a lot of information and that, you know, they, he kind of opens their eyes to seeing things, but they have to trust him in order for him to reveal more. So we'll see um, next week if, you know, the, they'll let him in the village and finally help um, um, build a stronger, better um, society for humanity to survive. In the meantime, we also have to keep in mind Tatsuka is moving. Tatsuka now has the uh, the anti-petrification formula and knows how to make clothes. So he's probably in the works of making his own group. And eventually, um, Sinku's going to have to come to blows with Tatsuka. Meanwhile, what's going on with Taiju and Yuzura. What are they okay? Did they did they complete their mission? Hopefully, we might get to see that and and this week, but uh, next week. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please favorite the podcast if you like to donate to uh, Nation, I uh, you can donate here on Anchor. I really appreciate it. It helps with editing and audio and getting these things out much much faster you know because i know you guys want this on a certain time and um unfortunately this week i was pretty sick um i had uh caught an allergy allergy infection from my eye but i'm much better now and i was able to do this recording today um but you know what when you guys donate more to amn we're able to do more things and we're able to give you more content so if you want, please, um, it doesn't matter what the amount is. You can donate, you can donate one penny. That's good enough because it shows that you care. It shows that you want to see this podcast succeed. Um, and please, uh, give us a, a rating on, uh, iTunes. This really helps us get more sponsorships and it also helps us do more things, you know. It helps us get our name out there, and that way we can invite more guests on, much um, by bigger names like uh, Mega Kai's or anime um, creators, and this, so that they can talk about their creations and give you um, better analysis and better understanding of how these characters came to be. And I would love to talk to the creator of Doctor Stone and you know talk about how they came up with these characters and you know, what made them want to do this. But that's all up to you guys. So please support the podcast and we can hopefully get to get that, ha- make that happen. So this is Richard Keyes from Animaga Nation, One Nation Under Anime, and I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.